Thanks for tuning in to Gin and Tantra. In this episode, we have Dr. Rory Hiltbrand joining us. Dr. Rory received his doctorate in acupuncture and Chinese medicine from the Taoist Tradition College of Chinese Medical Arts. Additionally, Rory spent a semester in China treating stroke patients at Tianjin University of Traditional Chinese Medicine Teaching Hospital. He has spent the last decade studying under Grand Master Song Baek, the 75th Grand Master of the Korean Taoist lineage, the Dong Han clan. Rory also holds a Bachelor of Science in Mathematical Economics from the University of Richmond. While at Richmond, Rory studied chaos theory research for the NSF. Rory has a profound passion for decoding the timeless wisdom of the Tao through the lens of modern mathematics and physics. Rory holds a utility patent for a molecular water structuring device which benefits a wide range of biological processes. He is one of the first Chinese medicine doctors to corner a professional fight on the UFC fight pass, including EBI and Polaris. Rory actively trains in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and finds grounding and peace of mind through martial arts. During the episode, we discuss his practice and study of Taoist numerology, multidimensional math, five-element theory and application, Western science leading to Eastern thought, using the narrative to bring about a physiological change and going from self-improvement to an act of devotion. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to Jen and Tantra, spirituality with a twist. The podcast that takes Tantrism, Buddhism, Taoism, Sufism, Kabbalism, Shamanism, Chinese medicineism, <laughs> and all of the other isms we've been influenced by, and blends them into a tall, crisp, cool cocktail. Your spirit has been longing for. I want you to get together. Now isn't that refreshing? I want you to get together. What's going on everybody? Uh, welcome to Jin and Tantra Spirituality with a Twist. Uh, today you have Daniel kind of driving the ship and uh, we have one new friend with us, uh, Rory. I forgot your last name. I Hiltbrand. Hiltbrand. Rory Hiltbrand, whom um, I have just met recently, like in the last half hour. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> but I, I saw Rory give a lecture um, about a month ago, getting some uh, continuing education for my acupuncture license. And I just said, this dude is super interesting. And I think we would be friends. And so I sent him an email and uh, here we are. And for those uh, wondering uh, who are, you know, regular listeners who are wondering where Eric is, he is off tonight on retreat. So uh, we wish him well in his practice and his meditations. And I'm sure he'll be sending all of us some uh, kind of psychic love and, you know, hopefully not the creepy kind. You know? <laughs> um, but anyways, Roy, thank you for coming on today, man. I really do appreciate it. I One of the things that's unique about having a podcast, and we've been doing this now for like three and a half years, is that you know, I get to send an email to somebody who I've never met before and be like, hey, I'd like to have a conversation with you and record it, you know, and mm-hmm. we're like, okay, that sounds cool. But if I didn't have it and I'd said, hey, I want to talk to you on the phone or on Zoom for no real reason at all. Just, <laughs> uh, it's a little weird, man. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. um, 
So thank you. Thank you for coming on and, and being open to chat. And, you know, m most of our audience doesn't know you, but maybe some of the people you share this this podcast with will. But for those that don't um, tell me a little bit about yourself, what you do, and then maybe more importantly, kind of like the the story that, that got you that got you there. Sure. So I'm an acupuncturist like yourself. Um, I have been doing a lot of lectures lately. And, and the content of those lectures, the subject matter, has been mostly Taoist numerology, which I have learned from a Korean Taoist lineage for the past 10 years. I've been studying with their current uh, head of the lineage, Grandmaster Sung Baek. It's a um, Dohan clan, which translates to Eastern scholars. And... The way that I got into it, I was actually a mathematical economics major back in the day. And, um, but really, I was always really fascinated with being on the frontier of, of what we know and mm. what is reality and what is our place within it. And so I really wanted to study physics when I was in, uh, in undergrad, but at the time, um, I was pretty good at math. So I got into this undergraduate research fellowship with the NSF. And so they just let me, left me in a room and I would, you know, be on a computer doing math research, chaos theory research, um, for hours at a time. And I just racked up all these like high level math credits. Hmm. And so it was just really easy for me to get a math major and I took some economics courses as well. And some of the research was applying uh, chaos theory to certain economic models. Mm. And so, um, so I got this math econ major and, and I took a couple of physics classes, but, but not really, which is what I wanted to, I still loved math too, but mm -hmm. there's something about the physics, which is it's interfacing with reality a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. We you and I were talking a little bit before we started and I was, you know, telling you, give, sharing with you my, uh, my love of physics from my undergrad days and how if things had turned just, just a slight be slightly different that I definitely would have been a physics major for sure. So I'm glad that, uh, I'm glad that we, uh, we had that. It's hard, you know, for me, it's, it's, it's a, it's conceptually like beautiful to see when you get it, but for mm -hmm. me, get getting there is a difficult part, but I love personally, I love things that bring me great challenge you know, and yeah. I really, I, I do. And there's not, I'm not going to say it because I don't want all of a sudden to be like, all of a sudden fire starts falling from the sky, but you know, some things challenge you in a particular way. So I'm, I'm, it, it's, it's cool to hear that. Yeah. Well, if you ever want to talk more math or physics or anything, I'm, I'm always happy. To do okay. That. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, okay. So I guess one question I have is just for now, and then I'll let you continue just so we can mm -hmm. keep people kind of caught up like Taoist numerology, which is what you've been lecturing on more recently for mm -hmm. people who don't know what that is, which I'm sure is not many, I'm sure, you know, people know, but for, you know, the, the newbies, um, how, how would you explain that? How would you explain that to, to people who've never heard of this before? And, and, and then why, why are you drawn towards that now? Sure, sure. So what was really appealing to me, and, and I'll tell you how I got there, or we could skip it too, if it's not that interesting. But <laughs> I uh, eventually met my my Taoist um, master. And um, 
when people ask him what is Taoism, mm. his answer is always uh, multidimensional math. And so uh, that was really appealing to me because it was always something, you know, nebulous and mysterious. But this was, and this photo behind me was actually from my, my master. It's like my Dr. Strange mm. map of the multidimensional structure. Um, and so essentially you can think of Taoist numerology as really the source code of life. Mm. It's the, the numbers which are correspond to the geometric underpinning of this conscious substrate of reality. Mm. And so there's so much going into it. And you can think of like, uh, it's so embedded in, in Chinese culture, but it's also really gotten into the, the global zeitgeist of like the yin yang symbol. The Tai Chi symbol, which mm -hmm. represents yin yang, mm -hmm. and um, like the the Chinese coins, they're circular with the square in the center. Mm -hmm. um, but so you know, in the Taoist classics, like the Neijing, it talks about you know the ancient people knew the way to live. They po followed the patterns of yin and yang and the numerical symbols. They applied the numerical symbols to life. Mm -hmm. So it's this book on Chinese medicine, but it's really these Taoist numerology understandings are you apply to life. Mm. And so Chinese medicine is just one application of this understanding of this uh, energetic phenomena, multidimensional phenomena and its dynamics and interactions. Um, and so Chinese medicine is one facet you could you could argue even Tai Chi is is another facet and in, mm. in these balances of yin and yang and the flow and and these patterns, divinations, stems and branches, feng, feng shui, um, and so on and so forth. Really, I call it the source code of reality, yeah. the underlying like matrix that's going on. Yeah, yeah. And I so I, you know, I definitely I get that and I from my understanding of this, you know, I agree. I'm, I guess I'm my, the question I have though is like, have have you in, in talking about this and getting questions from people, have you found any kind of like Western correlates to this? I guess I could say like recognition or application of this multidimensional math in imprinted or not imprinted, but kind of like poking through, right? Because to me, you know. Tai Chi in particular, and the way that people move mm -hmm. is is very, it's geometric. It's not like straight lines, per, you know, like not for people who are thinking of like triangles or something like mm -hmm. this. It's not straight lines like that, but it's it's working within the matrix around the body. Mm -hmm. And and I, I don't know, just something I, I'm fascinated with is like, is, is there anything that people have found in different cultures that mm -hmm. represent something from another culture without it being like necessarily related. Cause then like how we talked about before we started recording, you see something in one culture, you see it in another culture in a totally mm -hmm. different paradigm. And you're like, to me, now I have found a very deep truth that, that tells my rational mind to shut up. And you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. That's that old adage. When you see the way deeply, you see it in all things. It's mm -hmm. like when you see the Tao deeply, you see it in all things. And I really, everywhere I look, I'm always relating it 
to that. And I think that's really the power of it is you, you interpret your reality through this map of this mm. understanding of the numerics. And then as you bring it back to medicine more and more as a practitioner, you know, you become so much more sophisticated or even, I mean, a big one for me was like, I've studied all these things and I, you know, uh, I go and I, I went, I was cooking for this big meditation class we were having. There's like cooking for like 35 people. What kind of so meditation it, was this, Rory? So I, I do uh Siddha yoga. Have you heard of it? I've it never, is it like S I D D H I like Siddhi or Siddha. Okay. So um, it's specifically a lineage that was brought to America by Swami Muktananda. Okay. And it's currently um, under uh, Swami Chidvalasananda. Okay. And it's really been, uh, in addition to the Taoist practices I do, it's 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 been really powerful for me. Okay. Um, and so you were cooking for this. Meditation. So I was cooking. Yeah, I was yeah. cooking. And one of the fellow uh, people helping me cook added about six times. She calculated the salt to go in. She <laughs> added about six times the, the necessary salt. Mm. So obviously, I mean, that's way too salty. Savor so, savory, Rory. Yeah. <laughs> very, very savory. And so uh, we eat it. And, you know, we're like, oh God. And I was like, wait, I know what to do. So went in, I used the five elements. I First I add a bunch of honey. So I use, you know, the, the uh, earth element yeah. to control the salt. And then I add, um, and then it really, it balances out like pretty quickly. And it's all, yeah. it's palatable at this point. And then added uh, between them, I, I added some more uh, spice to it. And it was actually quite good after a little more but active. that's just one example of like in everyday life that yeah. the five elements really does work and then mm -hmm. six chi is even more incredible but i do want to get to an example of that i've been thinking about a lot is um in western culture maybe yeah in western culture is in jujitsu okay so in a lot of positions where you're like locking and maybe i might lose a bunch of people who aren't familiar with jujitsu, but a we'll lot of these it wrestling. Okay. Grappling. Yeah. Wrestling. There we go. <laughs> um, in a lot of positions where you're controlling someone, you make triangular figures like a Kimura or a, or a triangle with your yeah. legs or, yeah. you know, there's all these other positions, honey hole, um, you know, even a rear naked. These are all triangular yeah. things which are locking in positions. When you do uh, certain like back takes, like a rolling back take or a barambolo or, you know, a samurai roll, you're making like a Taurus movement mm. to rotate yourself and this other person to take the back. Mm. And so that's just another example of like everyday life where I really see it. But, yeah. you know, you also see it in all these other traditions. You see these same truths at, at the core of them. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I, it's Japanese, but Aikido comes to mind for me for sure. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah definitely. And then uh, obviously all the Japanese traditions, right? Like, 
beyond just the calligraphy, but the, the I don't want to call it sword play. That sounds like LARPing or something, you know, oddly sexual, yeah. you know what I'm saying? But, you know, you know, working with a samurai sword or something like this is they're, they're moving through space in, in, you know, curved and, and straight lines simultaneously. Um, mm -hmm. So that, that's super interesting. That really, you know, cause I think we hear numerology, right? At uh -huh. least I hear numerology and you think about the more contemporary ideas around numerology or like, Oh, she's a three and I'm a seven. We'll never get along. You know what I'm saying? Or, you know, something like this. There's this, um, you know, like Enneagram. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Like there's like, there's like personality types and things like this around, gotcha. around numbers. And, you know, it's just, it, it's funny to me that there's so many various permutations on things that I wanted to, you know, I wanted you to, I'm glad that you went into it that way. Cause I, that, that's what I found. One of the things I found super interesting, um, with your, with your, uh, with your talk. So I guess, you know, you, you have this as, as, as some of the, the way in which you see the world, right. Mm -hmm. It kind of influences that. And I guess, you know, just like a, kind of like a practical question I have, like, how does that influence how you make decisions in, in like for your, for your life, you know, just as a, you know, as a practitioner, as a, as a husband, as a, I know how it affects your, your, you know, your jujitsu, your, your wrestling practice, you know, um, <laughs> but it's also, you know, one more boxing, you know, at least in the way that I, the way I, way I understand boxing is, is you're within a square, but you're moving circularly within, um, it's mm -hmm. kind of a square anyways, how, how does this, how does, how being conscious of it in the way that you are, how does this affect the way that you think about the way you approach life or your practice or design in your home or making decisions, you know, how, how does this work? Cause I think we're also affected by things that we were influenced by coming up within our families and the cultures and the particular ethnicities that we have. But then as we grow up and start to forge our own way in the world, we get influenced by things that we're kind of like, we'll say karmically attracted to. Right. And that you're karmically attracted to this. So I'm just, I'm interested in, in hearing how this kind of helps to form you as, as you're in your, you know, adulthood mm -hmm. and, and having this kind of like outpouring of desire to, to share things that you find that have value. Yeah. Well, I, the thing is, I f not only find it so intellectually fascinating, but so practical that it really, uh, enlivens me and it makes me really want to share it and talk to people like you that I can see in their eyes. Like, yeah, they're yeah. really into this too. And, yeah. um, so the big, I think the most tangible that, that, um, that people can just take right away from this too, in, in yeah. their own lives is in my own emotional experience. Okay. Yeah. So we talked about in, in my lecture in Taoism, you come, you come out of life like a branch from a tree. Yeah. You didn't come into life. You were an extension of life. Mm -hmm. So everything that's occurring within you is part of life. And it's part of these five elements. And it's part of these six chi. And it's expression of this one Tao. And so in your emotional experience, every day I, I think about this. So if I'm, if I'm, you know, I might use the control cycle, like from ch chapter 67, it goes into detail. And I think a lot of people will sleep on the five elements, but if you really grasp it, it's really profound. Like, 
uh, says, you know, anger is of the wood element, so you can sedate it with um, grief. So if you get really upset about something and you're really angry, you're holding a resentment and you're petty about something, if you get a call like, oh, this person that you were close to just died, mm. like quickly that will dry up <laughs> that anger, mm -hmm. you know, like it, it, uh, it puts things in perspective. It gives that yeah. metal element, sobering metal element. Or if you, um, you know, you can use the, we talk, we have the different perspective in the Dohan. We talk about our five elements a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. um, so like the earth element is the center of this tetrahedron, which I don't know if we'll have time to get into right now, but basically it's the great harmonizer and processing and everything. And if you don't have a solid earth element, you feel like something's missing. Yeah. So- I think for for our audience, you know, for who who aren't familiar with the Chinese kind of stuff, the earth element as the center, you could consider it like your digestive area. Mm. You know, like we could just we I'll just make the correlation that sure for people for people who are unfamiliar, we can call it. We could just say it's your you know it's your ability to digest and break things down and and turn potential into kinetic, turn food into energy turn material that you're listening to or learning into more digestible bits that that you can break down and assimilate into your own being. So I, I just, you know, I'm, I'm going to do that occasionally. Great. Great. And also on, a, on an energetic level, it's our ability to digest our, our reality and mm. our narratives mm. and taking the harsh edges off of all of these chaotic emotions and, you know, giving it some body. So, you know, a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. So, um, you know, you can think about if you have a relationship for a long time and that becomes kind of like your ground and your earth element and part of like how you've built your, your narratives around and your life around mm. and suddenly you break up, that will quickly sedate, that controls the water element of fear. So if you're, if you have this, you know, energy, this negative energy of the earth element, it will control. So like if you have a bad breakup and you're so heartbroken and you have that missing that like pulls on the heart, you, you're not afraid to, you already want to die. So you're not afraid yeah. of anything. It's, it's hard for your adrenal glands to be stimulated when you're in such like a depressive state. Like yeah. That. And that can also be from the fire element controlling as well. Mm. Um, and so you know, you think of the generating cycle too. Like often we experience getting spooked into anger. So like if, you know, you're driving your car and someone cuts you, or even if you, you know, make a mistake, you can get mad at the other person because you get spooked yeah. the water. The anger will spring from yeah. this, the fear. And then if you express outwardly enough, especially in a close relationship, it moves into sadness and then it's processed in this narrative of, oh, I'm a bad person. You can go into this, you know, grief and, and regret and, you know, oh, I'm a bad person. Have I damaged this relationship into fear? Mm. And so you see, all, if once you see these patterns yeah. in your own emotional self and see these, these, these karmic cycles, which are just uh, unconscious patterns, mm -hmm. and you see the patterns of it and you can map it to this geometry and watch it they become less personal. Yes, yeah. 
so it has less grip on you. And, and that's what we call Dao Ren. It gives you more Taoist view, which is essentially more zoomed out from the person. I can say from myself that having an understanding of the psycho-emotional aspects of the elements and the own, my own way that I see them, because you and someone else could take the exact same lecture from a teacher and the way that you interpret them and the way that you apply them is going to be slightly different. So everyone's going to have a slightly different relationship with these things. But I could say that taking this into my relationships and taking this into the clinic, mm -hmm. I have a much better ability to dance with people, a much yeah. better ability to dance with people. And sometimes I also have an understanding. And when I say dance, I don't necessarily mean literally dance. So there's some, <laughs> uh, you know, excuse me, sir, let's dance. Um, but what I mean is, I guess I could say engaging in, in meaningful conversation and sometimes difficult conversations or vulnerable conversations in a way that I am able to see where someone is coming from, what element or what psycho-emotional state they're tending towards, and then kind of play with my um, energy and the way that I address them so as to complement what they're doing and not feeling like I'm overwhelming or I'm mm -hmm. controlling them or I'm being mm -hmm. like a petulant child or something like this, you know? Um, and then also simultaneously knowing when someone resonates with me naturally being myself, because there are some people who we interact with, they just kind of don't, we don't get along well with them. And, yeah. and a lot of that time is that's personality and it's not personality like, oh, I like NASCAR and, and you like, you know, whatever knitting, you know, it's mm -hmm. not that kind of personality. I know you know that, but I'm just, you know, making point. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that your personality type, whether you're more earth or more water, or more metal, more fire, more wood, those are the five, just in case for, you know, those who haven't, you know, who aren't familiar, that you might be more, you know, more earth than one in one setting and somebody might be more water in another. And as your interaction together, they might feel like you're just too much for them. That mm -hmm. your, your sweetness and your giving is just like overbearing and like just taking too much of the, too, uh, too much space. And so there's a natural tendency to be like, nah, I, I don't want to even be around this person. And this doesn't really have much anything to do with the way that someone is interacting with you. It's just who they are. And mm -hmm having this information to me has become extremely valuable in dealing with not the people who I get along with well, but in conflict resolution in particular mm -hmm. communication. And then with, with patients, because people come in and we don't know them and we're trying to, you know, foster an, an air of communication and compassion and to be able to leave what I, where I normally operate from and take a different position for the betterment of that person, even if it's slightly uncomfortable for me, I can say, oh, okay, that's where they are. All right, now I, at least I know now that like I can I can change myself a little bit or change my approach. Maybe that's a better way of putting it. I can change yeah. my approach in order to foster a bridge with them, but I, I don't think that many people have that ability and it's not that they can't. They haven't mm -hmm. been introduced to that as a possibility because they don't have the frame of reference. So this over the last couple of years as I've kind of, dove into this kind of ideology a little bit more has really been a fascinating kind of psychological foray into combining, you know, you know, Jungian style kind of psychology and five element um, 
psycho-emotional approaches to treatment. The, the kind of marriage of those two, two things together has been very, very deep for me. And, um, and so I'm, I'm, I love to hear you talk about it because I'm like, oh, yeah, sweet. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And I've, I've thought about this in myself in the clinic as well. It's like in, in terms of like five elements, like you learn to sense what element like each patient needs and it could be it could change day to day yeah. too yeah. you know it's like okay does this person need more of a wood out like an aggressive like look you have to make these changes or yeah. else you're going to have these consequences do they need more fire like are do they need just some love in this moment and like yes. care do they you know does it need to be sugar-coated for that for it to go down or do you do you just need to like reference some studies and give them like really dry intellectual facts yes. or, you know, any, all of those things, you know, you, you might, the urgency I would say is more, uh, the water like, mm -hmm. but, um, and, and just kind of circling back so that we don't leave people like with their minds hanging. So you were at this cooking, you were at this meditation retreat. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so so there, there's, there's the meditation. Cause I, you know, you keep that, you keep the thing. So you were, you were cooking and it was too salty. You added some, some sweet and probably some acrid and, uh, and it was good. And then, and then from there, cause I wanted to, I wanted to hear how you kind of got into this. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that, that was it. I mean, go and, go and, uh, you know, experiment for yourself, how the control cycle can make for really more delicate flavor. So you can, you can add more, um, add more flavor and make a richer, you know, whatever you're eating dish yeah. without having to water it down. And so how did that, how did that get you into the, the kind of like the Taoist numerology as a, as a thing to start that you were shit or were you already studying? Oh, no, I was already, I've already been oh, studying were, a long time. Okay. So how, yeah, how did but, you, I guess, how did you first get into it then? I mean, how did you go from, I mean, you're, you're a number oriented person, you know, which yes. we could say probably is a metallic quality. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but so how did you go from like being very proficient in math and, you know, having all of this kind of like those tendencies towards processes to taking mm -hmm. yes, another process oriented kind of view of the world, but it's far more holotropic and mm -hmm. holistic, you know, and it's, it is, it's just a different, it's a different path, I guess I could say, you know? Um, yeah. and so how, how did you switch from kind of one life path to mm -hmm. not something totally different, but it's definitely a pivot. Like that is not, when you first yeah. were, I'm sure when you were sitting in those rooms doing that research for the NSF, mm. that they were not like, you were not thinking, you know what I'm going to do in a couple of years? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to start studying. Like, <laughs> yeah. Know, I, I really don't, logical I don't transition. So. Yeah. Yeah. How, how did, how did that come about? Um, so after school, I went and I did um, insurance underwriting. Oh, so exciting. I, I got My God, you are an Iron Man, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, I just, I wasn't that into office politics. You know, I still loved numbers and making models and stuff, but the whole, um, you know, climbing the corporate ladder and all that just was not, yeah. not appealing to me. And so I finally decided, you know, I'm going to, all right, I'm going to quit and, 
I, at the time, um, the movie Interstellar had just came come out. Awesome movie. Yeah. And so I saw that and I was like, oh yeah, I was thinking about, all right, what am I going to do? And, you know, and it's funny to think back, but it, when in your twenties and you like, you don't have a job, it's like, oh my God, what am I, it's, you know, a crisis. Yeah. And so I was like, oh yeah, I've always loved physics. This was like my, my first in high school, I made like a mysteries of the universe club. And we'd talk about, uh, you know, particle wave duality and quantum tunneling and, and all these interesting phenomena. And so I went and I started to get some, I needed some more prereqs, uh, at Villanova university. And so I was taking some courses there and I was loving it. And I also, I started to learn how all of these physicists from the, the quantum revolution, like Tesla, Oppenheimer, or you name it, yeah. they were all really into Eastern thought. Yes. And so I started looking into Eastern thought more and I saw, you know, how did these forest dwellers of antiquity know about time dilation or, mm. and it just really touched, it was just the perfect timing of everything. And I, I, um, I was really open for it at the time. And I ended up through, um, just by chance, I met this Taoist grandmaster and, and through one of his students mm -hmm. and I went to go study with him and what I saw him able to do when I, he was treating some patients and he would treat like stage four cancer. What patients. was he, what was he using as his treatment method? Acupuncture, moxa, herbs, but they were also doing chemotherapy. Okay. Okay. Um, and, but what that, cause you can't really see much. I mean, you hear about the results, but yeah. what I was able to see from his pulse diagnosis blew my mind. He, he would take the pulse and he was just frantically writing on this page mm. and he'd have like eight or nine pages of notes. Wow. Uh, with like, you know, he was tr writing in Korean, so I couldn't translate it, but it like some shapes on it too and all this stuff. And mm. he, um, he would just unpack the person's entire life and mm. say, this happened to you at this age and it affected you in this way. And now you have this condition. If you don't make these changes, it will c continue along this course. So... So let me do two things. One, yeah. let's just talk about pulse taking for those who don't take pulses. So people who go to the doctor, which I don't suggest, but if you want to, <laughs> okay, but if you do, they're going to take your pulse and they're generally going to probably put their fingers on your neck and, or maybe on your wrist and they're going to get your heart rate. That is not necessary. That is not what you're, what you're talking about right now. What Rory is discussing is the sort of Chinese medical way of taking the pulse, which is at the wrist, you know, and there's various ways of doing this, but you generally, you're feeling someone's pulse and it's not, yes, it is the heart rate, but it's far more than just the numbers of beats per minute. There are like anything far more subtle qualities 
that that pulse has and it it tells a story and that kind of pulse taking reminds me a lot of some other chinese medical pulse taking systems this the shang han lun in particular which is called the treatise on cold damage which we are not going to get into because that is way too deep in the weeds even for acupuncturists so we're going to leave it alone but uh needless to say it watching him do that and 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 being able to get basically someone's life story from pulse taking from putting his fingers on their wrists and feeling mm-hmm. some beats and you know whatever um he and, and was he right i guess is my next question was he correct? yes i mean it it i knew that he was different at that point that i mm-hmm. it wasn't just some system too that he was tapped into to something and at that moment you know, I knew that I was, I was making the change to still being on the frontier of mystery, but in a much more embodied way. Mm. And, um, yeah, I, maybe after the show, I, I have, uh, I could sh- show you a brief recording of yeah, I love doing it. my father. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. I like that. Plus that, plus that line is cool. Being on the frontier of mystery. I'll probably title the, uh, podcast that i always every every title that i have from a podcast always comes from the episode you know there's always something cool that comes up um all right so so you saw this person and you said i'm 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 sold and you started and that's how and that's what that's what drew you in yeah yeah okay i like that and then you have uh a currently a a clinical practice uh, outside of philadelphia with your wife is that correct that's correct and you you practice this style of um yeah we 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 practice uh, the Dohan clinical style. And are you able to do that also? No, not like that. No. <laughs> I was hoping can... for a different answer. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I, I wish. <laughs> I totally. No. You ate eggs for breakfast again. You know better. <laughs> Three days a week is most. That was crazy. One time I did see him be like, "You ate this a week ago, and it caused this uh, reaction." Um, Anyways, uh, what we can do is, so I learned the system of how to do it. It, it requires a different dimension to map the entire uh, life. And in doing that, you're, you're following the six chi instead of just, for people who don't know about pulse diagnosis, I think about it a lot like signal processing in mathematics, okay. where you're referencing sine curves, like in, in us talking right now, it's- yeah. It's traveling through electromagnetic, you know, it's traveling in these sine curves yeah. and then that's interpreted uh, discreetly. And yeah. so there's all these different types of ways to interpret the sine curve and they have their efficiencies and deficiencies and there's many systems mm-hmm. of taking the pulse as well. Yes. Um, and so, but the pulse isn't just a laminar wave. Like there's no like body, like in a river, there's all types of curls and everything. So that's what you're looking at. So sometimes you'll feel something medial or lateral to the pulse itself. And and you can generally, you can see something coming within, within a number of days or something that's, we call it a guest energy, which is in the Yun Chi. So it's still influencing the system and it could be something in their mind that's already happened and that they're, they're stuck on or something that may happen. And sometimes a lot of it's just, you talk to someone and you change the way that they're processing something yes. and that guest energy will, will shift in that moment too. Yeah. 
Yeah. And there's, well, we're getting too deep into it, but there's a host and guest treatments that, you know, can then, right. But I, mm-hmm. at that last point that you have, I think is a very important one. And one that, you know, we haven't had actually this deep of a Chinese medical discussion on the mm-hmm. podcast the entire time. I, oh, you, okay. Sorry. I, I can. No, you're good, bro. Mm-hmm. Don't even trip. Cause we haven't, we haven't done it, you know? So mm-hmm. I think for, for students of Chinese medicine, which we have a good number uh, cause I, I taught and Eric uh, still teaches at Pacific college of mm-hmm. oriental medicine or what do they call it? Pacific college of health sciences. Now teaches mm-hmm. as the, as they calling it lovingly call it, you know? Uh, so we have a number of those people. Then we have, I have patients of mine and hello people who are listening to this. And, and I'm sure that you'll probably share this with some of your patients as, to, as a way to drive home, you know, the, the, the things that you talk to them about in, in the clinic, which is what I totally do. Things that I discuss in here are are with me. They're present for me as I as we talk about them, and then they come with me into the clinic and they help to inform what I'm sharing with people. And then I go, hey, you know what? Go listen to that uh, that episode called uh, "Not Enough Jesuses." That's what you, you know, <laughs> which was one we did a couple of weeks ago that I've been quite fascinated with. But um, that to to your point, we are feeling what the body is communicating without words, mm-hmm. and it has to be interpreted via our perception of you know as you said laminar flow or you know waves in in a sense you know what i'm saying but that we can have effect physiologically not just psychologically but physiological physical effects on the body via change in perception mm-hmm. or even via like very light touch very light touch and case in point i we had some uh, medical students that were doing some I guess, alternative medicine rounds for their, you know, for their degree. And they came to Pacific College when I was in school and I was the the head intern at that time for that, for the shift. And so they were following me in my, in my rounds, you know, mm-hmm. and I said, okay, well, let's take the pulse. And they're like, okay. So they just grabbed their, they, you know, brutishly grabbed someone's wrist and squeezed it like a, you know, soft apple or I don't, you know, whatever, um, and they're like, okay, what am I feeling for? I'm like, well, that is not how you, you know, that is, <laughs> yeah. that, is, that is how a gorilla grabs a banana. That is not, you know, so I kind of taught them where to put their fingers. And I said, okay, I am going to take not even a needle, but just like a metal, a tube known in, in Japanese as a tation. And it's mm-hmm. used to, to kind of have like an effect, like a needle, but you don't insert anything because Japanese acupuncture is very much about as, as light and as little input as possible but intentional, but very slight. And so I took, and I just touched a couple points on the body and I just held and waited till I felt the chi come. And then I said, okay, take, don't touch them while I'm doing this and then go back and feel again. Mm-hmm. And they did. And the eyebrows were on the forehead. Yeah. And they're like, oh, wow. And I said, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't have to take that much. And, and, and I love the point that you bring up that like, you can do the same thing with conver- via conver- conscious conversation, you know, yeah. and, and helping to someone to kind of take what they're, uh, what they're thinking and more importantly, how they're thinking and, and give them a new opportunity to think differently and see something yeah. from a different perspective. Do you have um, an example that you could share of, of, of that with somebody that you've worked with that you, you know, when you see the light go off in someone's mind and, and we're lucky because we're practitioners Mm-hmm. And so we have the opportunity to do this every day. If mm-hmm. maybe we, sometimes we talk to a friend or a loved one and, you know, we get to do that for them once in a while, but I mean, literally we get to do this on a daily basis if we're lucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Well, it just makes me think of, I'm trying to think of a specific example, but then I'm thinking, oh, I wouldn't want to yeah, yeah. do this to anyone that I'd be sending this to. Sure. <laughs> okay. Um, did it, okay. Did it happen? But, uh, How about when you were a student and when you were learning with, with the yeah. Dohan, like, was somebody able to to do that to you? And how did that moment feel? Even let's just call it an aha moment, you know, you know, and that aha moments also have physiological changes, you know, or, or, you know, happen to your, you know, we'll, we'll throw, I don't know if you have a sibling that you want to throw under the bus or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, it could, uh, sure. Yeah, we could. (laughs) Whatever you're Um, comfortable with Rory, it's all good, brother. Well, I'll start. I just want to get to a larger point of this, of, of, um, something that I learned early on in Dohan is that anything can be medicine. Yeah. When you really study the, the numerics, you learn that it's all just energy manipulation and being a healer is almost like the same position as being a magi. I know that might bring up too many uh, weird connotations or, or subconscious connections, but you you are manipulating energy for a specific result and in you know probably for health and and happiness yeah. and so anything can be medicine so sometimes it's it's uh you know just a couple words to help someone process something better sometimes it's it's a a spiritual understanding sometimes it's you know, you need more bone broth in your diet. Mm. Sometimes it's just, you, you know, you need more vitamin D. It can be any of these dimensional uh, levels. And I, I use this all the time with patients and it gets back to what we were talking about with the five elements too. It doesn't even have to be just five elements. It can be sure. the way that the way that someone's approaching something, which fundamentally is, you know, the numerology, but I was with someone in the car and this person was, they had just had a breakup we were talking about. And so they were really, uh, you know, they were wounded. And so they were really prickly. They had a lot of wood energy to kind of make a force feel around us. And we were all suffering, uh, because of it. So I start looking for, uh, a song that'll help the generating cycle along and just move it. And I found like, uh, Alicia Keys, some people want it all. But oh, no. <laughs> and, and yeah, then she started crying. And this was a family member. She started crying. And then she was like, I just don't get, it, you know, and then was yeah, much more. So what, Rory, for people who are just wanting to take a little bit of a, that, that piece, right? You're looking mm-hmm. at, you're looking at the wood element. You're looking at like anger, frustration, yeah. irritability as the primary emotion in the moment right mm-hmm. and that that needs to that needs to move that that mm-hmm. that bo- that that sense of bo- bo- bindedness boundness whatever the, the right word is yeah. english wasn't my first language so you have to forgive me you know mm-hmm. it was goo goo gaga bop. that was my <laughs> <laughs> no but you know so you have the sense you could you could feel someone's stuckness right yeah. and then you you and, and so what was the what was the emotion that you were looking to kind of help move that through like when you you found oh. a song what were you looking for yeah, so I was naturally just trying to move that into the fire element, so like sadness. And in in the Doan perspective, I never saw this in Chinese medicine school, and I thought it was really fascinating. Is that it applies yin yang theory to even the five elements? So each of the 
organs not only just has one emotion to it, but it has its its yin and yang nature. So obviously the heart is is love and it's also heartbreak and and that joy and sadness. And so let's do all of them. Know. Let's do let's do all of them just for people. Yeah. To, yeah. Yeah. And to so it's not just theoretical, like in in anyone who's listening, your most tender moments, like the moment you get married or maybe a proposal or you know, a baby born, whatever it is, like your most joyful, tender, heart opening moments, you feel this like this heartbreak in there simultaneously, the mm -hmm. sadness. Why do we cry in these moments of pure joy? Mm -hmm. And we feel like this, uh, like it can almost the love can be like almost difficult to bear. Mm -hmm. But because the yin and yang go together, they're always together so yeah and we go into the so and then would would we talk about um anger anger is also uh creativity so it's like frustration and your ability to like problem solve mm -hmm. this this thing if you think about it on the organic level like the blood has has two elements of the the white blood cells and the red blood cells the liver stores the blood um and then uh, the kidneys are also um, like a fear detector. So they are our fear, but we also learn that our our jure or the our spirit will. of that, yeah. yeah, our will is from the kidneys. So it's it it requires. There's no adventure movie without the sense of fear. Yeah, too. So you need that to have like drive, and uh, my friend calls that like being at the top of the roller coaster you know you're excited yeah. but you're also scared it's gonna be you know. yeah yeah and for a while when i first started doing lectures i would like use i would think about like oh when was the time when i was like really sad if i was like really anxious to do mm. <laughs> to do like a lecture in front of a bunch of people or something like that mm -hmm. and and um yeah. And so you think about the, the, the metal is also grief, but it's also like letting go, like holding on and letting go. You think about your large intestine, your colon and your, your lungs, mm -hmm. it's this inhale and exhale. And, and, um, the earth element is worry. And then it's also processing healthy digestion of mm -hmm. whatever the situation is. And so in this specific situation like the liver it's not just our our physiological detoxing but it's also our energetic detoxing yeah. and so when that gets overloaded with a, a negative emotion that will the diaphragm will get blocked off to prevent that pathogenic chi from from injuring the heart Mm -hmm. And so if someone, so people will get prickly and they'll, they'll be stuck in their liver, their diaphragm will be stuck a lot. Of, if you're stressed, overly stressed, you may notice that you, you, and you're like thinking about this thing that's stressing you. Sometimes you'll stop breathing. You know, you'll notice yeah, for sure. oh, I need to breathe. Yeah. yeah. My diaphragm's yeah. blocked off. Yep. And then so people, that's, people tend to breathe. They, they breathe up a little bit higher. Yeah, up in there, yeah. up in the upper part of the chest, and then I see, and I'm sure you do too, tons mm -hmm. of like tight neck scalenes and trapezius yeah. muscles, occipital and and lateral headaches because of how this is here, and then tightness in the jaw, and and all yeah. of that is from 
from suspended breath, you know, waiting yeah. to exhale, literally. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Also a movie with Angela Bassett, for those keeping score. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen that one. <laughs> yeah, no, me neither, but I remember the poster. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so back in that specific example, it yeah. was to um, move that pathogenic chi into the heart, feel the injury mm. that she was feeling, and um, just get some, get an energy, an environment a you know a heavenly energy a surrounding environment that would facilitate this movement uh of the generating cycle forward so you wanted to kind of create an 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 atmosphere of sadness if you will mm -hmm. in order to let the anger bleed out into it and be held by that yeah to naturally progress into so at first injured and we're upset about it and often when the diaphragm blocks that pathogenic liver chi move it can it uh you know controls the invades the earth element mm -hmm. and then it all of our we get all these resentments and narratives that kind of bind us into that anger and so by creating the sadness it can naturally you know bloom into the into the heart region and and what you bring up a good point and I, I don't know if you're doing it consciously or not but like being the the earth you know talking about the earth element the 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 breaking down of the stories but also the creation of them right that's like the yin mm -hmm. and the yang of it that mm -hmm. like the narratives in our heads mm -hmm. are often highly inaccurate <laughs> yeah and that like the the but they're required because they hold reality in place. Mm -hmm. Even if it's incorrect, some part of them was taken from something. That's that's the seed. Then the seed gets yeah. planted and that grows a tree or bush, depending on what you're into. And then that that yields fruit. And if that fruit is coming from an inaccurate seed, then that fruit is then going to be inaccurate. And our stories that we tell ourselves and then um, recapitulate and then redigest and recapitulate and redigest and break down over and over again is just mm -hmm. this looping kind of, you know, and, and uh, what is the word that they use that this in Chinese, the Chinese medicine, uh, not excessive pondering, but uh, rumination. Yeah. 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 You know what I'm saying? And yeah. uh, that's, that's how that goes. So I, I just, I found that as you were talking about that, I was like, Oh yeah, that this is one, that's one word that has been more, I guess, present for me over the last year is trying to interrupt that trying to cut through that narrative that unhealthy narrative that people have and provide some language to that to be able to help them change physically you know not just mentally but then into the physiology into the physiology as well because they're both you know um related and some of the some of the meditative traditions don't give the body enough credit mm -hmm. for its presence because it is breaking down and decaying and we have to, you know, definitely have to, you know, polish our, our Shen, our spirits, you know, our souls. Um, but we are a product of embodiment at the same mm -hmm. time. And it does have correlates that are mm, influenced by our ancestry and what they've been mm -hmm. through. And we inherit tendencies, even if we have no idea that they're influencing us. And so I think that like this kind of thinking is a different form of empowerment, you know, mm -hmm. of unlocking some of the, you know, what we call mysteries 
which to mm-hmm. other people call a system of study of being human. There, there is no operate operator's manual, owner's manual for this most advanced piece of equipment. And mm-hmm. we ride it every day without knowing how to use it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so to me, this is like part of my own um, life's mission is to figure out how this thing works before I have to get into another one. You know what I'm saying? And maybe I could bring some whispers of it with me next time and, and get it a little bit sooner and, you know, figure the, the, the game out a little bit more easily if that, if that, you know, if that fits. Yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you. I would say that's my, my main objective in my heart that spiritual development's really the only thing for me. That's mm-hmm. what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and I'm blessed to be able to, I don't know if you share some of those insights with your patients in the clinic, but I do, you know, I definitely yeah. do. And people appreciate it. Not everybody does. Sometimes it turns people off, but I don't, I don't know if you get a chance to do that with some of your. Um... There's an art to reading, like when, when it's appropriate for sure. But yeah, yeah I do. And I, and I never try and, you know, I think a big switch for me was when I was so determined upon a big switch in my own practice, and maybe not, that's not the same for everyone, but yeah. when I shift the objective from improving myself and uh, developing myself to an act of devotion, mm. when I could really like feel um, the life inside me and like yeah. really connect with my, you know, not to be too cheesy, but like connect with your your own heart. Like when yeah. when your heart really is connected to your soul, it's like yeah. that's the fulfillment of life. There, that's that's really uh, what it's about for me. No, I I'm with you. I mean, we didn't get a chance to talk about it today, so you're gonna have to come on again, and we'll have to do a a, a DMT episode. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, we just didn't get a chance to get. To, you know, that's how it works. But one of the things I, I heard in, in my very first um, ayahuasca ceremony was um, the way to the cosmos is through the heart. Yeah. Like within the first 10 minutes, mm-hmm. you know, and I was like, oh, OK, sweet. You know, I guess I'm good now. Yeah. I don't I don't have to sit here and puke in this bucket. Right. Like, I'm good. <laughs> no, nah, nah, sorry. You got a You got an early key, but there will be more coming down the road. But I agree with you. Um yeah. Yeah. That, that's a really, that's a really nice sentiment, Rory, actually like changing that, changing the mindset from self-improvement to an act of devotion. I think that's, um, and, and when you say an act of devotion, is that an act of devotion as an expression of gratitude or an act of devotion as a, a means of embodying divinity? Like how does that part, this would be the last kind of thing that we probably talk about before, sure. you, you know, but like, how does that, what is, Break that down a little bit more because I am interested in hearing. I, I like this mindset. I think, you know, when you have, for whatever reason, you have those experiences, you go into a ceremony and like you said, you you have this deep truth and it sounds like, a, you know, a, a, a platitude and, but you feel the truth. You feel yeah. it in your whole body. Yeah. And so, um. I think um, 
I got I got lost in my own train of thought. Can you repeat the question? Yeah, sure, no problem. <laughs> so it's it's okay. It happens once in a while. Um, yeah. You said moving from self improvement. Yeah. An act of devotion. Right. And so I I I, I, I understand the self improvement part. It, yeah. And it, and it's an it's an important piece of life, you know, for sure, right. because we we should be getting better at things. It shows it shows devotion. But right. devotion on the side of dedication, meaning right. it's important. And the more that you do it, the more that it's going to yield to you something. Like you talked about, right. we come from life like a, you know, branch on a tree. Right. And so the more that that tree goes, the deeper that's going to get. But an act, but an act of devotion is, is, is a different expression of life than that, or a different expression of spirituality than what gets sold as self-improvement or self-help. And so yeah. I wanted you to expound upon this a little bit. Well, I think it 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 shifts it. It is a gratitude, but you have you have an experience and you see your own nature and you become so the it's so intoxicating the feeling yeah. that it's not about I I have to do this thing. It's that old, you know, saying it's not a, it's, you should shift it from, you have to do this to, I get to do this. Mm. And so it's, it, it's a transformation of like determination and grit to, uh, excitement and love. And like, I love to do these things, mm. I, you know, I love to teach and I feel like I'm, I'm a better teacher and I'm a better practitioner and I'm, I'm much, my spiritual practice is much more fulfilling because I'm so uh, in love with it because mm -hmm. I love it because I'm going to do it all the time. I, that's what I want to do. And that becomes your nature. It's like a natural expression. And, and in my own experience, meditation is the focusing of the ministerial fire to the Chiang Mai, but it requires the imperial fire's consent so in layman's in non-chinese yeah. medicine terms non-chinese medicines yes it's it's as we all understand it's bringing the mind to the present moment but it requires the fire of the the heart's consent mm. it really requires that peace mm. and so when you can when you can do that and feel the fruit of that it it's just that's the biggest boon I, I agree with you. I tell people on a daily basis that not showering nor brushing your teeth is more important than making time for meditation. And we have the time. Yeah. We just have to do it. There is not a thing, you know, I'll, I'll do these um, cacao ceremonies, which are long things. And we're mm -hmm. doing all kinds of holotropic and meditative type breath work. And people have very, mm -hmm. very deeply transcendent experiences uh, one coming up this weekend, but by the time this podcast comes out, I won't be able to plug it. So I'll just, you know, talk about it, whatever. And um, I, I I will have people give a little bit of an introduction because it's a communal experience. So I could have anywhere between 15 to 30 people at, at these things. And, and I often will say some, you know, I say, introduce yourself, tell us what you'd like to be called, and then give us your favorite cartoon as growing up, or tell us what you do or what you like to do. And this last time I said, tell us, tell me what you do in this life, not your job, but what you mm -hmm. do in this life. And I think 
I got to me at the end because I, I can't think about it. I'm trying to come up with a question. I can't, you know, I can't leave first. I have to come back to me at the end. And, uh, and I gave them my, a name that was given to me upon an empowerment, uh, a Buddhist empowerment. And then I said, I teach meditation. And I believe that to be the greatest thing that I could do in this lifetime. Mm-hmm. And I mean that, you know, wholeheartedly. So um, I, I hear what you're saying. And I, and I, I love the way that you put that. You know, I think that's it's, a, it's the greatest gift if you can connect someone to their own divinity. The, yes. the Tao within the, that's at the center of everyone. That is the greatest humanitarian service I think you can do. That that, that is it. That is it. I'll tell you one DMT story because I think it's relevant. If we have time, do we have time? I, we got we got whatever time you want. You know, it's all good. I, I want to okay. make sure we have. But we I want to make sure we have all of our, all of our stories set for next time too, though. You know what I'm saying? So, but go ahead. Okay. Well, it's just very relevant to the whole. You know, work. Then, then let's we'll 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 finish it right here. You go ahead and and, and take take it okay. away. So the the shift from uh, self improvement to to devotion. devotion and joy and and like the fulfillment of life being in in what you love that yeah. that is the feeling of fulfillment of life, and so uh, I had this. I have a very at the time I still do my qigong and everything, but the mindset was very different, and so it was very militant. And I would push through and I would hold horse stances for like ten minutes in in this one. Dohan style. And I smoked DMT prior to doing this horse stance. And I encountered these beings, which I had never met before, a very different space, very like neon-y. And these, these beings were approaching and I was like, kind of like energetically coagulating, like a little afraid of them. I wasn't sure mm-hmm. what the interaction was going to be. And, um, and then when they got close, they were really playful. And it's all telepathically, you know, this gets lost in translation, but they they said to me, like, um, so uh, why are you doing that? And I'm like, uh, I, I like, I think it's a good idea. And they were like, all, like poking fun of me, like, are you having a good time? Like, you know, and then they're like, come on, let's show you this to like, like the fun and the joy is like where the life is at. Mm. And that's not to say that hard work isn't important and everything, yeah, but yeah, it, it was just a lesson that was important for me at that moment. And um, that, that wasn't what totally made the shift. There was a lot of events, but uh, I thought that was just fitting. That that is that is very fitting. I, I like. I, I'm always down to to end or begin on a DM, on a DMT influence story. You know, <laughs> it, you know, you're just so um, psycho energetically, emotionally vulnerable in those spaces that mm-hmm. the lessons that come through are so uniquely personal and deep that they yeah. are more valuable than the most precious metal you know yeah. on this planet. And 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 those are peak experiences and I, you know, they're, they're worth it. They're, they're totally worth it. So um, yeah. anyway, thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing that. And, and thank you for sharing everything, my friend. This was, this was really great. Uh, I'd love to have you on again. We, we, there, there, there's so much more to, to cover and uh, you know, you're a passionate speaker and, and have a lot to share. So um, I was definitely uh, educated and entertained. I asked questions uh, that were just for my dumbass. So, you know, that's, <laughs> you know, that's all good with me. Um, before we, before we part out of here and I, you know, do my little closing thing, is there anything else that you would like to share in particular about 
you know, yourself or, you know, anything you got coming up or, you know, I know I asked you this earlier, but I figured I'd give you, you know, just a moment to, to say a little parting shot to our audience that you might know, or, you know, we'll be familiar with this after this. Uh, not, I don't have anything really to, I think I'll just say, you know, thank you so much for having me on. I've really enjoyed uh, speaking with you and I enjoy I enjoy you as a person. So oh, thank you. Yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah, your well. enthusiasm and and your all of that shines through. So yeah, well, thank it was, you. It's a pleasure talking to you. Yeah, no, this this was great. Thank you for coming on. And and you know, again, for people who are, I, I've been saying this now, but like, if you've listened to the end, you are your attention span is within the top ten percent of the population of the United States. So uh, congratulations for for getting here and for. For you know, whoever's listening to this, to Rory's audience, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, for my audience, as always, uh, I want to say thank you to everybody uh, for listening. I want to thank thank Rory for coming on for sure. Um, and if you like our work, obviously like, subscribe, share. Uh, if you want to send us an email, ginandtantra uh, gmail.com or leave a, a like or subscribe or leave a comment in the YouTube section. You can hit us up on Instagram, Gin and Tantra Podcast. We post all of our stuff up there as well. Uh, if you have any questions or you know anything in particular for Rory, uh, please feel free to email me that I can uh, put you in contact with him. Um, if you're interested or if you're in and around the, the Philadelphia area and you want to make an appointment with him, I'll be glad to hook you up. Uh, Rory does actually have some uh, lectures that are recorded that if anybody is interested in, um, and, and purchasing or accessing those, I will give you the link to that as well. Uh, they are totally worth it. I, you know, did one with him live about a month ago. And, um, you know, despite his useful appearance, he has a lot of wisdom behind him. So I, I find it to be uh, entertaining and, and authentic, which uh, for me, those are very important things when listening to conversations like this is that people got to be real. And, and I definitely feel like, you know, you're, you're being real um, with all of this, which is so awesome and, and, you know, so empowering to see other people live this kind of life and pursue these kinds of things, even as society does what it does ask backwards with attention spans that are, you know, four seconds or less, you know, like I want mine to be, you know, more and, and more and more and more to be able to, be present and and have questions and, and dive deep into things that you're saying. And um, so, yeah, that's, uh, that's our mission. One of, one of many here. So uh, thanks for coming on again. Thanks everybody for tuning in for Eric and Rory. This is Daniel. We'll catch you guys in the next one. Peace. to get together.